Well, my brothers and sisters, today the challenge for me will be to try to make this a short homily, or not a short homily, but a not long homily. That'll be my challenge. My heart is very, very heavy, very full of uh, all the negative press, all the bad news that we're getting uh, about a clergy. And I think probably in particular, you've got this Harrisburg, the release of uh, the Diocese of Harrisburg, releasing all the names of these men, many of whom or most of whom are priests, you know, being accused of uh, sexual uh, abuse. And then you have the news of a cardinal, an American cardinal. You know, what a great shame it is upon the American church um, that we actually have, you know, the few American cardinals that there are, one of them is accused and not just accused, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, pretty well, um, you know, substantiated. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of things, I mean, it's a very complex issue, and there's a lot of things that I could say. There's a, first of all, I don't know what this issue is with like these constant, these are accusations. Could we have some investigations, please, you know, to really like substantiate this stuff, whether, whether these are, are true or not, you know, there's that. There's a lot of things. Um, back in the day in the 60s and in the 70s it was a culture more of a hush hush kind of a culture today it's kind of a culture of you got to put everything on facebook you know so there's a kind of a cultural shift in all of this that at least in part explains the apparent um hiding of these guys you know all of that's true it's way more complex than i could really address and that i even know about you know i'm not an expert in any of this stuff so i don't claim to have some kind of special you know, knowledge of these of this issue. Uh, but with, with all that said, why in the world do we have this? There, I mean, you know, if in America, I don't know. Let me just throw out some numbers. I have no idea if this are, these are rooted in any kind of facts. If in America, eight percent of men are child abusers. Is it more than that in the Catholic priesthood? Probably. It seems like it. It sounds like it from these numbers. Why is that? I mean, it should be zero percent. <laughs> it should be zero percent. This is crazy. What is what is going on? And uh, I reflect, and I, especially with McCarrick, with Cardinal McCarrick, this is something that has really raises my ire because I went through a seminary system, and I thank God the seminary went to. Uh, I had heard years back it had moral problems, but had been cleaned up by uh, Colonel Dolan and Colonel O'Brien in the 90s. So by the time I got there, it was a good seminary and there weren't any moral problems going on there. So thank God for that. So my seminary experience is very different than some of the stuff that you hear about uh, um, homosexuality in the seminary, which should be absolutely no place um, and then, uh, of course, you know, in the midst of that kind of a corrupt moral culture in a seminary, the the worst guys, the pedophiles, go they submarine. You know, if you, if you lower the standard so low that you're just winking at homosexual activity, how are you going to be able to have your radar up? 
enough to be able to detect the pedophiles. You know, so I mean, it's just it's moral corruption leading to more moral corruption, leading to huge chinks in our armor as the church. And then through those little openings in the armor, the devil gets the really bad guys in there and causes serious, serious trouble. So what I think is a few things. I think it's two things going on here. Um, and we see it really, and the reason why I'm only talking about this is because I think that our scriptures really are relevant to this. Okay, So you have an old boys club, and I think that's the problem. It's an old boys club. What's an old boys club? Well, it works like this. I know Johnny, and Johnny knows Billy, and I'm Tommy. And we've known each other since we were kids. Okay? And we've got a loyalty to each other. Yeah, there's some kind of impropriety. We know that we just, we let our buddies get away with stuff that we shouldn't be letting them get away with. And as soon as, the true friendship works like this, as soon as you see your friend doing something wrong, you need to correct him. You've got to be unfriendly to be a true friend. Okay, you've got, to, you've got to be prophetically confrontational if you want to truly exercise the love of friendship. And this is what we see. You know, Jeremiah comes. Notice who the people are who are mad with Jeremiah. It's not the people. It's not the, his, his inferior, the, the, the subjects, the lower people. It's the priests and the prophets that don't like Jeremiah. It's his peers that don't like him. He's bringing against them legitimate criticism because they're violating the law of God. They don't say, hmm, let's think. Maybe he's saying something correct. They say, oh, he's speaking against us. Let's get him. Let's shut him up. And then Jesus comes prophetically. And it's an old boys club. How dare this guy, this outsider, we know that he kind of grew up here and we know, who, who does this guy think he is? We know his mother, his father, his kids, his, you know, or his brothers, so forth. We know his family. But it's an old boys club. It's, how, how do you dare question us? It's a small, isolated fishbowl culture that is completely resistant to any outside criticism. And it's a, it's a failure of fraternal correction which is rooted in a failure of um, courage. Someone like Colonel McCarrick, the first time, when he was in seminary probably, he exhibited some wacky behavior. He should have been called out and said, you're not, you're not being ordained. <laughs> okay? You, don't have, you simply don't have a vocation to the priesthood if you're engaging in this kind of behavior. Period. Um, that, okay, I think that's one issue, is it's an old boys club and these guys, it's the failure to correct peers. That's one issue. And, you know, today, if I could maybe expound on this a little bit more, we're so emphasizing being friendly with people. What happens is the major value becomes agreeableness instead of truth. That, I mean, that's what it is. You just gotta be agreeable with everybody. My gosh, don't rock the boat. Don't be unfriendly. You're being impersonal. You're being unkind. You're being not nice. What's going on? Come on. We've gotta balance along with being friendly and being personable. 
a courage to be confrontational with peers, to hold them accountable, because that's really being truly friendly and being truly personable. You know, it's a misunderstanding of what love is. If you really love some someone as a friend, you're not going to let them get away with bad stuff because it's bad for them and it's going to be bad for other people down the road. Another, so the other issue, I think, really honestly, with the priesthood, the, with the celibacy, celibacy in the priesthood, celibacy is a holy gift of God that flows forth from the heart, and it's given to a person that's first of all of normal psychological uh, equilibrium. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's not like. You know, you got some weird sexual inclination. Oh, and you got a vocation to be celibate. No. You have a problem, and you're not called to the priesthood, and you got to, through the care of disinterested, friendly, loving family and friends, get some help. Okay? Lest it turn into some kind of criminal activity or whatever, or worse. That's what your issue is. Um Celibacy is not a merely external behavior. And I think in times past, the seminary formation just focused on externals. There wasn't enough of true interior conversion and true truth coming from the heart. You know, I, I hear from older priests, you know, at St. Bernard's, our seminary, um, back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, they had... 150 guys or something in that place. Huge seminary, huge seminary. They had one spiritual director for all 150 guys. And if you wanted to go see them, yeah, sign up and go see them. <laughs> okay, the seminary I went to, every seminarian had their own spiritual director, and you were required to see him on a regular basis, on a, on a monthly basis. If not, I think it might even have been bi-weekly. Um, so the whole idea of the spiritual direction is you're making the person look at themselves deep within. It's not about external behavior, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. You know, you're not having sex with women. Oh, that's okay. Well, then you're that's good to go. Like, that's not what celibacy is. Celibacy is a spiritual gift that starts from the heart and flows outward. And it takes normal masculine energies and it elevates them and directs them towards the good of the community and towards the furtherance of the gospel. It's not just a merely an absence of sexual activity with women, okay, because you got a lot of weirdos who fit that description. And so the whole problem comes to a lack of interior conversion and a lack of truth from the heart. This is what Jeremiah is doing. He's calling people to true conversion, and they don't like it. But thank God... He does raise up prophets that are courageous enough to receive persecution, you know, for speaking the truth. And, of course, our Lord in the gospel as well. So, my brothers and sisters, I don't want to be a downer, but, I, you know, I think the negative stuff that's going on, you know, in the news is a lesson for us, for all of us, for priests especially, but for laity as well. We need to have true interior conversion. We've got to live the gospel from our hearts. It's not like... You know, you're a really good person when people are watching. you got to be a good person when no one's watching, when only God sees. And we, we have to have the courage to not let our friends get away with murder, basically. 
it's so important um, to really understand what fraternal correction is. And, uh, you know, you have a corrupt priesthood. Guess what? The young men aren't inspired to become priests. Who wants to be like these guys? So then we have a shortage of priests, and then we close down churches. And that's how it works. So, again, I, you know, it's hard for me not to be a negative and a downer, but I, let's just keep this as a lesson for us, make it constructive. And it's, it's something that calls us to conversion. We, we celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart today. St. John Vianney said that the priesthood is the heart of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful saying? What a high calling it is. The priesthood is the heart of Jesus Christ. That Jesus cares so much about holy priests. That that is going to be the key to the conversion of the world is a holy priesthood. And, you know, I've got this examination of conscience I received in seminary for priests. And the first point of examination is, are you seeking holiness? The first one, there's like 20 points. First one is, are you seeking holiness? Do you, do you fully believe and trust and understand that the fruitfulness and success of your ministry depends upon your holiness and the grace of God? And so that's, that's the key for priests. It's the key for all of us and for the life of the church. Um, and we need to live within the heart of Christ. And within that sacred heart is a furnace of charity that desires true purification. It's a fire that burns away the dross of sin and leads us to the sacrament of reconciliation, leads us to honesty with ourselves, leads us to a a thorough examination of conscience on a regular basis. It leads us to true fruitfulness and true joy and true peace because of the freedom, true freedom from sin, right from the heart outward. So my brothers and sisters, please pray for me um, that I would become a holy priest. I fall so far short, but please pray for me. Um, And let's pray for each other. Let's pray for the priesthood in general. And pray God uh, have mercy on us through his sacred heart.